Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 179. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you are having a good one. We are at the S end of September. More on that in a bit. And yeah, we got to give a couple of quick shout outs out of the way before we get into everything. So first, big shout out to the Thought Cops for coming on last week's episode. Always have a good time talking to Kevin and Grant. And uh, we repaid the favor because we were on their latest episode. It's not out yet. It'll probably be out by the time this episode's out. So keep an eye out on their feeds for all their links. And I did a little stopover on Vito's channel, another former guest, uh, for his Monday Night Grift, where he has a little roundtable discussion. And uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about G4 and their demise. But uh, yeah, I went into some other stuff too. But that was a fun time. Link will be below, so check that out too. Jim, you didn't fully embarrass us. I did not. <laughs> you stayed sober and <laughs> you did good. Stayed sober, stayed a little reserved. Yeah, it, it's a fun time. They have a bunch of people on there, like John Breaks Bad News, who we've had on the show before. He was also there, and he's always hilarious and shit. Apparently, he was like real drunk last week, and I'm sad I missed that. And everyone was just like, hey, where's Drunk John at? So we have to have <laughs> oh, that God. on this show. Jim, we just don't have to show them the drunk you. Oh, we do. <laughs> I think I think it needs to be an in-person experience to really get the full It does need going. to be in-person. Online, it's just <laughs> annoying. Where in-person, it's annoying, but there's also repercussions, so it's fun for people. <laughs> yeah, I want to say special sh thank you once again to Thought Cops as well for coming on. Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure going on your guys' show, so we appreciate that as well. And, uh, Jamer, speaking to get about getting drunk, what... Uh, you got in your glass or can tonight well uh well i guess well first off i was dabbling in a little bit of an oktoberfest because tail end of that season and we're coming around to another season bry basic bitch season it's time for the pumpkins <laughs> it is it is more than enough time for pumpkin chambers um first thing i guess i want to throw out there is if you haven't already, if you are looking for any recommendations on Oktoberfest beers or reviews for them, I have all the reviews up. I I, ha I went through another eight or nine this year on top of the 15 from last year. So I have a nice little stockpile. And the son of a bitch part of it is I know Oktoberfest really technically goes till the th October 3rd or 7th. I forget when it actually ends. But... I went in to start stocking up on my pumpkin beer, and I found a whole bunch of Oktoberfest that I never saw before. I was like, son of yeah. a bitch. I was like, I'm already over it. I got to stop. Right. So, stockpile. Um, Self-control. I, yeah. I had, to, I had to implement it. But um, yeah, the Oktoberfest, I love that style, but I am glad to be moving on because that's literally all I've had for the past month. So yeah, it's nice to start with something else. And I also did a quick little one-minute video, YouTube short, uh, covering the six best Oktoberfest between the two years. So I'll update that list every year, and I might be doing it with these pumpkin ones. Yeah, for anyone out there on the YouTube end, you're probably noticing we're doing a lot more shorts, and that's because that's all YouTube ones from people anymore. So It is fascinating how much harder that algorithm gets pushed. Yeah. It is mind-numbing. <laughs> yeah. Not like they're doing insane, but for our standards. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, considering the one video, <laughs> I like the percentage. It's like 3,000% higher than I'm like, son of a bitch. Ah, oh, that's depressing. 
Yeah, but it's, you know what it is? It is what it is. You know, we obviously are still keeping all of our regular content, but shorts are a much easier, digestible way for us to get stuff out there. And if it helps bring eyes to us, hey, we'll throw stuff out there. Um, But speaking of bringing eyes to us, so for those of you following the page, you know in May we've been running a contest for the past two years, the No IPA May it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm shocked at how much, uh, how, how many people actually join in on it yeah. and how creative people get with the pictures. Um, when we first started doing it, there was no thought as to who would actually join or whatever. I would say at first, the first year, it definitely skewed with a certain type of picture. Um, and this year, I think we got a more interesting, creative look at a bunch of different styles. But uh, one of the things Jim and I have always been saying for a while is that we like pumpkin beers. We know a lot of people shit on them. I don't know why, but we want to show support to pumpkin beers. And obviously, October, when's a better time? Tossed around a few names. But this year, it's uh, show us your pumpkins. (laughs) Wow, Bri, way to get away from that one type of picture we had before. (laughs) Very subtle. Jim, you know what? I trust in anyone who wants to participate. And you know what? I have faith that we're going to see a lot of creativity. And I don't care whatever you want to submit. The point is, if you're drinking a pumpkin beer in October, just snap a picture of it, with it, however you want, and just hashtag show us your pumpkins. If you can, tag us as well. It'll be easier to find you. Just like No IPA May, we'll have a whole collection on our page on the site, on Instagram, on Twitter. We'll keep a thread going at the end of the month. We'll choose a winner, maybe winners, and uh, I have a few ideas for what the prize is, but if you won no IPA May, you already know what that was, so it would probably be something along the same lines. Yeah, imagine another nice little care package put together. Yeah, exactly. But uh, with all that being said, Jamber, so you're starting off with an Oktoberfest, so which one do you got? Uh, I still got some of the uh, Kate Mays uh, Oktoberfest, so it's a solid Oktoberfest. I've had it on the show before, so... Yeah. Uh, plowing through that, and then another one I've had before, the good old uh, Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin for when I get to my pumpkin beer. Is that from last year? Um, Well, I did have it last year, but this one was from like six months ago. I guess I had a pack on clearance, so I picked it up. Where they had like another reissue of like the uh, the sampler set of all that. So what I'm trying to do is I actually still have some pumpkin beers from last year. I just never got around to. But I'm trying to... I'm going to do the same thing I did with Oktoberfest, which is just drink fresher pumpkin. Because I don't want, like, a can that's been sitting. You're not really supposed to age them or allow them. So even if they're in the fridge, because they lose their freshness and flavor. So I'm going to try to not use year-old pumpkin beers when I do my reviews <laughs> this year. But that being said, my beer, I am switching now to pumpkins. And I'm going with the Omegang All Hollows Treat Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. Wow. Coming in at 7.6%. Dude, how amazing is this can art? That is, is some badass art. Like Tales from the Crypt, EC Comics style. The the lettering is done well. Like this screams Halloween. And and unfortunately, there's like a glare. But dude, it's the can stood out so much. And Oma Gang always, always has great beer. But they usually don't go this crazy with their design. So I'm glad they did this time. Like, I didn't even recognize it was Oma Gang until I didn't care what it was. I was going to get it just for the can alone. So, um, yeah, even when I was paying for it, the lady at the register was like, wow, that's a really cool looking can. Hmm. I was like, goddamn right it is. There you go. Bring me up. 
but yeah, no, this one is a it's a Ooh, thick boy. It's a dark and it's dark and it's strong and it's pumpkin season, Jim. There you go. Slanty. Jim, sh- damn it. Jim, show us your pumpkins. Um <laughs> No, you got it back. <laughs> Jim, is that a Patreon exclusive a dollar tier against the the unedited version? Dollar of tier. Pump- <laughs> My pumpkins are worth more than a goddamn dollar, I'll have you know. No, you're not. If you were an OnlyFans, you'd get a Whatever the bare minimum is you have to charge. I think like 90% of the women on there like lie about being top 1 or top 10% on OnlyFans. And even my stats would be like, it would even. I couldn't even do it. <laughs> I'd get a big old bullshit. Jim, would you be more disturbed or enjoyment if, you're, if you actually did hit like a top 10% or something? I mean, depending on the pay. <laughs> I don't have dignity yeah, anymore. But- but I do know what you're saying. I know we joked on it since like 2020, but like ever since that boom happened, I feel like any anyone that writes that they do have an OnlyFans somehow is always in the top 5%. I'm like, man, that 5% must have a lot of people in it because apparently everyone's in the top 5%. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm calling some bullshit on that. It's, it's all <laughs> marketing. Yeah, exactly. Jim, we're in the top 1% for beer and game YouTubers. Patreon podcaster peoples. Yeah. In Philly. Yeah. <laughs> in Philly, yeah. <laughs> in, in this five-mile radius. Exactly. <laughs> so, Chambers, uh, have you been able to do any gaming this past week? Yeah, yes, I have. Uh, you're going to be hearing this a lot over the next couple weeks. I've been playing Spider-Man, and I've been playing XCOM 2. So, okay. Spider-Man's a Patreon game. XCOM 2 was donated to the page, so we want to get them out of the goddamn way. Uh, as you know, Brian finishes up editing together a couple of pa- other Patreon reviews. So, yeah, I mean, Spider Man, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I keep getting fucking distracted in that game. They throw so many goddamn side missions. Side at you. missions, like, and they and you want to keep going after them. Yeah, because they're not that hard to do, and it doesn't take that long to get to any of them. And with like the Spider Sense, they're not hard to find either. And it's just like well, they're, they're right there. I'd be, like, how can I not do it? I should just do it while I'm here. And then I wind up doing like a thousand different ones. And then you get to be like 10, 15 hours into the game. You're only like 30% done the campaign. You're like, what the fuck? I've done so much. Yep. And, and that's what I warned you. I said, even though I knew like you'd want to be going through it, it can get so distracting. And I had a, like a mental, when the little meter would come up and say how far away a thing is, as long as it's under a thousand, I'd say, you know what? I'm going to it. I don't care. Like I'll, especially because the swinging is so fun. And, yeah. like, once you learn it and, like, do all the little special moves and if you unlock the ones that make you go even faster or do things faster, you're like, yeah, I'll just swing right over there. And then you never, then you get fast travel, but then you never fucking use it because, one, the swinging's fun, and, two, you just start doing tricks the entire time to build up more easy XP. So you're just going in there spinning and moonsaulting all over the goddamn place. Fuck. By the end of the game, I'd say once I hit like 60 or 70% of the story, that's when I started using fast travel. Just because by that point, I You're probably just cleared like all everything. the side. Yeah, I was like, okay, I think I've done – like there might have been like one or two. But then that's also the thing is the challenges are smart about it because there's not like an ass ton and they segment it by the sections. So it's like, oh, there's only 10 of these things I got to do in this section? Well, I'm already at six, so I might as well just bang it out. Right. So, yeah, it's – it's good at pulling you in for sure. Yep. And then fucking XCOM. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's a difficult son of a bitch. 
It's a tough boy. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. And I really like the whole invasion story angle that they have going on with everything. Like, I'm, like, I mean, Dana White really skips cutscenes anyway, but I'm enjoying the cutscenes and, like, the little story snippets. But, God fucking damn it. Turn one wrong corner. Oops. Dude. Character dead. Character you've, like, your strongest guy dead gets critically hit by some cock. How many times have you had to reload from a? I, I'm, I'm not even bothering. I'm just plowing through. I'll just I'll just redo someone else. Wow. Okay. I think I think I busted that cherry with playing Fire Emblem early in the year, where I'm like, this will never end if I don't just keep plowing forward and just like try to build up new characters. Interesting. Yeah. See, I even with the original XCOM, I had that thing. Like, there's certain characters. Like, there's a lot of characters. I'm like, whatever. He was a rookie, or he was only one stat up. Fine. But when I have someone like four or five deep and... Oh, it's never the fucking rookie that gets critically hit. It's always <laughs> fucking one of your build-up people. Yeah, and depending depending on how far you are, there's certain enemies that, like, you're you're already annoyed by some of the earliest ones, like the dude, the psionic one that can turn people into zombies and all mm-hmm. that, and mind control you. Yeah. That's annoying enough. Then there's other ones that do shit to you, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, they never miss, and you're like... I'm standing next to him with a shotgun. How did that miss? Like, what the fuck? You miss a lot of attacks in this game. <laughs> yes, you do. It is brutal. And I, I have it on normal, and I still get fucked up. Me too. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I can't imagine it on whatever the hardest difficulty is. So, yeah, no, really, really good tactical fucking strategy game, but oh, my God. Brutal, yeah. boy. And I can just tell that, like, like I want to have that be, like, on level 50. But I don't think I'm... Good thing I'm like close to the end because I have a lot of long boys at. It's gonna take me a while to get through these fucking ones. Yeah, yeah. I um, I did a little more Legend of Ocarina of Time, uh, Legend of Zelda, and it's it's fun. It's fine. I don't. You're not I, hating I don't, it at least. I no no. I definitely don't hate it. I like. I guess I'm still in that early phase where I'm like, ah, it's kind of cool, like rediscovering shit and like whatever. I can tell that. It really does hold your like the game is really easy and it does hold your hand with a lot of stuff, but there is some things I find just a little bit tedious and other things I go, okay, they really want to explore these goddamn C controls with this game, and I'm like, okay, because I got flashbacks of Donkey Kong sixty four when you have to go in that first person mode and use your slingshot and shit, and I'm like, oh no, please don't do a lot of these sections. There, there are so. there isn't a ton, and. They, it, that's still not as bad as shooting in Donkey Kong. So. No, it's not. It's not at all. Um, but yeah, I, it hasn't grabbed me and it hasn't made me think this isn't good. It just, it's what, fine right What now. dungeon are you on? Oh, I'm still early. I'm like uh, just getting past Hyrule Castle. Oh, so I'm, you didn't even I'm, get to, what do you call it, like Death Mountain or Jabba Jabba yet? No. Oh, no, shit, I'm you're way early. I'm still very early. Yeah, because I started it about a week and a half ago and then I... I been mostly busy but then on stream i did uh finished off two more puppet combo games and um i have something planned for october so i decided let me finish off the other four like puppet combo games i've left that i never finished um so i i've just been plowing through those games a lot and i've been dipping my toe back into dead by daylight but i have it on pc because i got it um for like four bucks and i was like I want to see if it really does play different on PC. And my God, it is a world of difference as far as how much easier it is as a killer. No, really? Like, like I've never not got a 4K kill for 13 games in a row. And that's absolutely insane. So, 
yeah, that that's basically been it for for me right now. Um, PC master bitch race, bunch of fucking <laughs> sucks over there. Hey, I still say, if you're playing any game with keyboard and mouse and want to can want to say you're good at it, that's like be, playing baseball on steroids. Like you need a controller if you want to say you're actually good. Keyboard and mouse is way too easy. Simply put. I, I won't have a retort. You're right. <laughs> I got nothing. So, so I will never be that one that's like, oh, no, it's better and I'm better. No. Nope. No. <laughs> Fuck that. All right, Chambers. So uh, what we got this week from Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question and we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. So... First up, uh, yeah, ooh, wow, we got five this week. Holy shit. Uh, first up from JD Mains. Kotaku, I can't help myself, did a fascinating story about GameStop daycare. Would either of you ever be considered dropping your kid off at GameStop to run an errand, assuming they're old enough to be there alone? No. <laughs> there, there's no situation where I would. Because it's only going to be in a mall or a strip mall. And where am I going that I would need to drop off a kid? Plus, it's fucking GameStop. And I don't want to be that parent that, like, parent loses kid at GameStop. It's like, well, who the fuck would do that? So there's that optic of it, too. So Yeah, and I don't want my kid coming out covered in price reduction stickers. So, yeah, no. I, no. I mean, like you said, like, one, where am I going to go? And two, it's like, well, if I have, like, a daycare, I'm already having my kid probably in daycare at that point anyway. Or I'm taking them with me. Or The only time a daycare makes sense at GameStop is if they were doing it for employees. But that would assume you have thousands or hundreds of employees. And we know that's not the case. So I want to know what game store. I've I've been in a few pretty decent sized ones. Like the one at Oxford Valley Mall is actually a pretty big GameStop. Yeah, it's a big one. Or, or even the ones like that we've gone to for whatever. They're not big enough to have a daycare center. So I don't know what size a fucking GameStop would be that... You'd have a whole center for daycare within it. Yeah, between like the bullshit toys and the few rows of games that they have left in like the stock room, you're putting kids in the stock. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So and yeah. not not to say anything, but the workers I've seen at most game stops, I'm not letting them near my kids. Unattended. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I Jim, we've both seen the same people. I, I'm saying from our personal in person experience fine everyone has an anecdotal i know somebody online yeah no no i i I have seen some sketchy people working at GameStop. so yes there's some i've seen it's like i don't want to be around you for more and i don't even mean sketchy and like the worst i mean like they look fucking irresponsible like they're like either like just turned 21 don't give a fuck like they don't look like people that are responsible that's all not even nefarious I, I, i didn't mean it like that no I thought you were going down a whole different avenue there. No, 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 no. A no, whole no. Catholic I, avenue. No, this is not a Nintendo place. I'm not talking about Nintendo folks. And they're and they're Smash Brothers. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. We I mean, that's just a given. That's a no-go right there. <laughs> Next up from Robert Douglas. Favorite series, uh, either a video game, television, or a movie that ended on a cliffhanger. I mean, I guess you could still say for me, Sopranos. It ended with the blackout scene. Everyone had theories. Were Tony and them killed? I don't know. That, to me, was a cliffhanger. No, that is. That's probably the best answer. Uh, Yeah. 
I'm actually fucking struggling. What, what, what movie? Like, really? I mean, I guess maybe, like, I, I don't know, Infinity War? After he snaps and half the people die? Like... Even did though he, knew, but did he mean he, like though a series though that just ended with a cliffhanger? I well, think he, he is saying like, that ended on a cliffhanger, so yeah, that isn't an ending. Well, I mean, video game, television, or movie. So, I'm trying to think if a video game ever ended on a cliffhanger. I'm sure there's probably something super obvious that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I mean, movies. I mean, TV shows. Oh, the original Mortal Kombat when Shao Kahn comes out and they all get in their fighting stance. It's like, Damn oh boy! You. <laughs> but then we got the second movie. And then we got the third movie. Well, hey, Jim, the reboot did have a poster for Johnny Cage. You're like, what's going to happen? Oh my God! <laughs> Jim, didn't. I'm, I'm trying to think for you. What like, other fucking television series ended on a cliffhanger? Well, see, you. I mean, I know you watch Breaking Bad. To me, that wasn't a cliffhanger. That wasn't a cliffhanger. Sons no. of Anarchy wasn't a cliffhanger. Nope. And I know you don't watch a ton of TV series. Yeah, TV's tough, especially for so, like more drama-related ones. That's a good. It's a good question. Yeah, Sopranos is my easy answer. That's the only show I've ever watched where I went, what "The fuck happens now?" and didn't get anything out of it. And I'm sure some games. I I, I almost guarantee some games I've played have like pulled the Sopranos at the end, with like the character oh, turning yeah. around at the end and being like, "Whoa." And then, like, maybe it failed or some shit, and then, like, you never had a resolution, so that is the ending. But I can't think of anything right now. Fuck. Got Are you kind of shocked more games don't give cliffhanger endings? Kind of. Yeah. Like, especially in t- the today's day and world, especially I would expect it from PlayStation games, which are very, like, cinematic and whatnot. Like, especially if it's, like, a game that they think is going to do well and could have a cliffhanger to lead you on to be like, oh, I can't wait to see a second. Like... I don't know. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once again, Gemini might be missing a very obvious one, but yeah, yeah. No, I am fucking. I am bamboozled. I am stumpified. That's, that's a great question. Though. I want to think about that. Like, I would love to make almost a list of like what games have ever, if if a game has ever truly left you. Like, maybe one of the Halo games like leaves you in a spot or something. Yeah, I don't know. Help us out out there, people. Give us your suggestions. Mm-hmm. I cra- smell a short. Question. Yep. Oh, my laundry list of shorts, Jim. Uh, I, I saw the file. I filled out a couple for you. <laughs> uh, all right, next up from Gamer Astral. Favorite games to play during the spooky season? Uh, that should be the spoopy season, Astral. Damn it, Jim. I mean, my go-to is always going to be Castlevania and Resident Evil. That's my easy ones. But I am also a big mark for if any game has... Uh, uh, a seasonal like thing like call of duty sometimes has like a halloween event or overwatch or other games i'm a sucker for anything because since jim and i grew up in the age of tv shows with halloween specials and that's what i would look forward to the most home improvement the simpsons roseanne like all those shows had some of the best halloween like episodes i'm the same way for video games you throw in a halloween season mode i'm all in yeah, no, me too. Like, I always, like, any, actually, anymore, I always plop in uh, one of the splatter houses at least once during the course of That's the Halloween season. Yeah. So, What's your first one? I, I doubt you go to the to the 360 one. <laughs> no, no, it's normally the turbo one, like splatter house one. Not two or three? Um, I like two. You know what? I really should put more time into two. So maybe I'll start doing two more just to, like, maybe actually, like, beat it. 
Yeah. Three, I still don't like three that much. Like, I like three, but, like, it's too much of a pain in the ass. Like, I don't want to have to memorize exactly what to do to beat a Splatterhouse. Just just let me kill monsters. Let me have fun. <laughs> but that's your go-to, Splatterhouse? Yeah, Splatterhouse has turned into a go-to lately. So, besides that, like, I might pop in a... Like, you know, I'll th- throw in a Castlevania, too. Yeah. Shit like that. I was going to say, I know you're not big on... How do I say it? Like, like, I feel like you're not a seasonal guy by default. Like, you don't really, like... Oh, I need to now start watching horror movies or something like. Yeah, you don't get in those kind of moods, do you? Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I, it probably doesn't. It probably doesn't help that like my wife starts decorating the house in like August, so like we already have like Halloween shit up, and like there's nothing Halloweeny like around at all or on. So it's just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just surrounded in by now. It's just like any other day. Jim, you're just such a defeated man. That answer, nah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Christmas time comes, he's like, "Don't put, don't show me a movie. I don't care." <laughs> nah, you know, like I, I'm a sucker for Christmas movie. You know, you know what? Fucking to get to your point, I, I have fallen into an old man trap of just once Christmas music starts up that season, every, everyone else in the world is just like, "Oh God, fuck Christmas music." I have B101 on for like a month and a half straight. Yeah. it's just oh, the no, same I'm, songs over I'm and over on repeat. I, it's a tradition now. Starting Thanksgiving Day, especially if we're at home cooking dinner. Monica puts on B101. It's Christmas music. That's when I'll willingly. What I won't do is I won't enjoy it if it's October, which I've already experienced, and stores that already are stocking for Christmas have Christmas music on. That is so ridiculous. Oh, I have not heard Christmas music yet. I've seen a shitload of stuff of decorations for weeks now, but. And this is September 27th. It's so friggin' insane. And uh, yeah, I'm. I was thinking about this driving today. Is there any holiday more kind of just shoved to the side than Thanksgiving when it comes to decorations? What decorations? There are no decorations. <laughs> well, that's that's and, my, and, like, any, actually be, any decorations for that are racist now. So you can't even fucking do them. We can have I'm a little pilgrim, saying, like, a little a little cute little engine, huh? <laughs> can't or do you it. just have Cancel. like a little cor- a cornucopia, or you have turkeys, or you no have, appropriation like, canceled. You can't. <laughs> I, I know, but but it is funny. Like that's just non. I remember being a kid and there being a distinct like, Halloween's done. There's some little like even if it's like fall festive like leaves and whatever. But oh, maybe we should make our like own own tradition for Thanksgiving. Like start going to an Indian casino or something like that. Give back, <laughs> Jim. I don't think you're supposed to say Indian anymore. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, I'm. But I'm with you 100. percent When it's Christmas time, you fucking watch Christmas movies, you listen to the music, and you be jolly. Don't be that asshole that's anti-Christmas. Unless you're, yeah. Unless you don't celebrate it, then whatever. I get it. But if you are someone who celebrates it, you can't be bitchy about it. I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. Next up from Burn Retinas. For your movie reviews, are there any films that are just absolutely off limits, even if someone bribes you? Well, I mean, if they bribe me, then no, nothing's off limits with bribery. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm no, a desperate there, whore. There's, no, I mean, save for stuff that's top sixty-five percent like, on OnlyFans, right here. <laughs> save for anything that's like, obviously, we want to do porn or. Well, we can't. We could talk about it. We. Well, that's like what we I mean, in theory anyway. we could, we could, yeah, but I'm just saying like, 
Yeah, like I wouldn't do stuff like that. There, I don't. I've unless someone pays ten bucks a month on Patreon, then we have to. I've seen the war. I feel like I've seen some pretty bad movies. Now I know there's probably worse movies, but after seeing Human Centipede two, I don't know. And I've seen that so many times, I could watch that again easily. I, I mean, I mean, no, no, I'm saying I like love after that seeing that, movie. I don't, I, and I'm, I don't want to jinx myself. I don't you know, know what, what Human Centipede three is rough to sit through. That's a rough because that, it's because it's not even entertaining. That's the problem with that movie. It's entertaining for all the wrong reasons. But, it's just so stupid. But it's it's, like, it's one you have to watch like five times before we can like turn off your brain and enjoy the stupid, even though it's so over the top stupid and just like yeah, it's it's like first one was a legit horror movie, second one was still horror, but it was like a parody almost, and the third one was is just well, I mean pure. the third one is the parody, but like that's just yeah. so. But no, no, there's not really a off limit limits movie. No, like I'm trying to think like. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch pretty much anything, and any of those movies that people who say oh, I can never watch it again, I probably haven't watched anyway. So, I mean, there's oh, definitely checkers. We've well, we've talked about movies where I know I've seen once, and I don't like Requiem for a Dream or Kids. I don't ever need to see them. I saw them once. That's not a movie I'll ever be like. You know what? I'm in the mood to watch these. Like. It gave me a visceral reaction, and I was like, okay. What, the light-friendly rap Refugee for a Dream, Brian? You don't want to watch that I, again? I don't need to see either of those again. But it, but if it was a request, I'd be like, whatever. Like, yeah. But I, there's plenty of movies like that where I'm like, I never need to watch that again. You know what? I don't need to watch The Fucking Room ever again. One and done right here. <laughs> oh, God. that's You know what? That is the answer. We won't do repeats of movies we've already reviewed. There we go. So, so you bastards, Copy don't out. you dare try to like be like the room again. Hey, no, fuck <laughs> yourself. That's what I said. <laughs> good question. Yep. No, very good question. And last up from Phony Montana: If a venture capitalist decided one day to give you a twenty-five thousand dollar angel investment to grow your channel, what kind of major changes would you make to expand? The fuck is an angel investment? I'm not sure. Okay. I'll have to look so up that basically, term. looking, looking, looking. They're giving us twenty five k to expand. Um, I mean, it would all basically. Uh, it is an individual who provides capital for a business or a business startup, usually in exchange for a convertible debt or ownership equity. All right, so they wow. so they basically have ownership over what we do, kind of some portion of ownership. Some portion, so we'd give yeah. them a percentage of what. Honestly, it would just go to uh, both of us having. Full setup equipment. Excuse me. Um, more tits. Damn it, Jim. I think yeah, more I tits think are bringing would, the views, Brian. It would be much more equipment and even maybe like hiring, considering hiring like a professional, no, you, a ed, professional ed, ed, editor. Editors, thumbnail artists, uh, shit like that. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Which is what we, you know, just like every time we get a chance, we go out, we want to hire legit artists for things we do. Um, yeah, it would be in the produ- production value is really where it would go. Yeah, I mean, we would try to make it look way more as legit as possible. <laughs> yeah, 1,000%. And then we don't do any of that, and then we keep it, and then they never hear from us again. This show looks worse than ever. What the fuck happened? <laughs> But yeah, that wraps up the questions for tonight. So once again, thank you to everyone for all the support. 
uh, head on over to Patreon. Check out all the tiers for our bonus content, our bonus episodes. Uh, we're going to be reviewing our doing our next bonus podcast next week. We'll record that uh, with good old Nerdy Nick. Uh, movie review requests, game review requests, all that good shit. Check it out over there. Yep, and with that, guys, we want to say thank you so much for supporting us. We truly, truly appreciate it. And just make sure, get those questions in, because we love answering them for you guys. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, Chambers, so you got through the Oktoberfest. Did you already start in on the pumpkin? I just poured it out, took some pictures. Here's my Dunkin' Pumpkin. Nice. From Harpoon Brewery. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, nice little, nice little brownish color to it. It's tasty. It's got all the... You know, the nutmeg and the cinnamon and all the fucking spices you expect from a pumpkin beer. Nice. Yeah, this uh, this beer is delicious. It's like drinking a nice little treat. Um, how do you feel? I know you like pumpkin beers, but how do you feel about... Uh, well, actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at this, this isn't really pumpkin. This is, once again, Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. So it's a chocolate peanut butter stout, just Halloween-themed. These sneaky motherfuckers. Oh, Brian, made a liar out of you. It yeah. did. Now Brian, I can't... Brian, you're not showing your pumpkin. Now I have to take back my showing my pumpkins. Except, Jim, you whore, I am now having the Glastown Brewing's Clash of the Pumpkins. Ooh, look at that. Which is another great can, Clash of the Titans, which is a great movie. Um, the original, not so much the remake. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. <laughs> Jim, is it because you were sold by the Coheed and Cambria? Uh, or no, the used Bird and the Worm song they used for the trailer? I, I remember nothing of it. I don't remember the song. <laughs> I barely remember. I remember the fucking... What the... I can't even remember the fucking... The big fucking sea monster thing he fights Kraken. in the Kraken, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Movie fucking sucked. Like, what was with that era of movies like that? Beowulf, like... Bringing back like all those like older stories and shit like that, but just like ah, three D the fuck out of it. It'll be good, and then it's not good, and then fucking early early twenty ten sucked. It's it was that age of like, you go back to uh, the first example of CG I can remember distinctively is Spawn, and like how the Violator looked and Molbog and like that was terrible CG. That's like like I would have gone T one thousand. I meant bad CG. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah, like like the T-1000 with CG, that was well done. I think that even still holds up to a degree today. Oh, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying like when I saw Spawn, even as a kid, I was like, that looks bad. Um, And I it know looked, there was much goofy. earlier ones. But yeah, the 2010s were like this weird in-between where they were really trying to push it to like, it almost looks realistic. Like Beowulf was that weird example. It's like... The whole movie is animation, but it wasn't quite quite there yet. Yeah, it wasn't like as like bad or creepy as like Polar Express was. Oh, I was still... just gonna say that. Oh, yeah. that fucking mo- and my son loves that movie, and I watch it, and it, that uncanny val- valley with that movie is so bad. It's so, so has it beaten you into submission yet? Where you're just like, I can sit through it, or you're oh, still I just definitely like... sit through it. I, yeah, you know, I get in the mood for hot chocolate every time they do that goddamn song. But but it's one of those where I just go, that was awful looking. And it, it like that age of CG, CG is going to age like the N64 and PS1 in oh, the yeah. future. Like, whereas, to my point, the original Clash of the Titans, practical effects, 
Ray Harryhausen did a great job. Hey, you and, watch with your names, buddy, or I'm going to have to be crying on a thumbnail. Damn it. <laughs> Jim, just put on some stockings and hold up a controller upside down and you'll be clever. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but yeah. Ooh, I don't know if I like this one. <laughs> wow, that stopped you in your tracks. I just took a it like almost. I don't want to say it has like a sour taste. It has a much more of a bite than I would expect from a pumpkin beer. Right, it's like there's a clash in your mouth right now. Kind of tastes like it, but uh, but yeah, Jamer. Speaking of beer, we might be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, it's turning somehow weirdly into rough times. So. Mm-hmm. Got to give a quick shout-out to our buddies Crooked and Agent Chris for throwing these articles at us. And they're kind of along the same lines, and they're just like, hey, here's a good beer topic. And yeah, beer, beer supply is hurting right now. And between, so it's between a lot of different things, overall supply chain issues, which is hitting fucking everything, or for some people is a convenient excuse. Um, there's a CO2 shortage, which is due to supply chain, and randomly a fucking volcano. Jim, I've never claimed to be a super brilliant person. Yes, you have many times. <laughs> well, in your company, it's easy. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Let's go. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I What is interesting is about the Volcano one where they basically are saying the issue is that um, they were tapping into the carbon dioxide supply over this volcano and there was like a, a safety issue or a health issue. I didn't realize that that was our major supply of CO2. I had no idea. I learned something today. That's what I mean. Like, I was kind of like, we don't just make it. <laughs> like, I didn't realize you had to tap. Like, I know you can tap into that shit, but I didn't think that was a major supplier for CO2 for beverages and shit. It's probably the cheapest way to do it, so that's why they do it. Yeah. I mean. You can artificially create anything. It just costs a fuckload more of effort and money. Yeah. So... I will say, so we have two articles. Yeah, so it covers that, but the CO2 shortage is real and, like, can shortages. When I went to, um, do you know that beer store on Street Road, if you go all the way down kind of near, like, you're going to 95, it's near, like, that Sakura. Oh, yeah, right by Humeville, yeah. I forget what that name is, but I went in there. uh, I think it's just called Ben Salem Beverage or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I went in there, and they had signs all over. They said, we do apologize, but we are getting hit with these price hikes, and we're going to try to keep the best price possible, but you're going to see some price increases. And they basically, they had like all these beers marked up, so I saw it firsthand. Like, yeah, yeah, at an average, your four or six pack was up by two or three dollars. Yeah, and these articles are saying that just, like, beer prices in general are rising up 5% this year. So, yeah, it's not as bad as food, which is fucking, God knows, a $70 grocery store trip is now 200 bucks. So that's fucking mm-hmm. delightful. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, between uh, aluminum shortages and everything like that, like, fucking canned beer, CO2, it's, the industry's in rough shape with a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of breweries are starting to either upcharge, like, you know, everything basically or they're being very selective about what they're putting out there and what they're brewing and what they're canning so it's it's interesting a lot of your favorite little niche uh, little beers might be going bye-byes i mean jim you and i've talked about it a few times and 
I feel like we were at an excess of beers in general and I, the amount of cans, especially like that seems to be the, the, the easiest method for a smaller brewery to get out there, like between bottling or cans, that's a preferred way. So yeah, you're not going to see as much, but maybe that does limit the shit, the weed from the shaft, if you will. Like it will kind of just show like, all right, we're, we're only going to put out our best shit. And it does suck for people like us who like trying a lot of things. But then again, you can just go into their tap room and maybe they won't be as experimental. So maybe they'll focus more on their stuff. And hopefully you don't need to see 12 IPAs on the menu. Maybe you can cut back a few IPAs. Maybe. 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 Maybe dabble in some more things. And yeah, like the articles do go on to say it's like, it's not like beer is going away anytime soon. And apparently we're up to like 5,600 small and independent breweries across the United States, which it's kind of fucking crazy when you think about it. There's uh, so many, yeah. That's the, the over 100 per state or – wait, is that the right math? Yeah, that's the right math. Uh, so, yeah, that's fucking – that's wild. So, I mean, eventually shit's going to happen. And they're saying they're selling – everyone's selling as much beer as they ever have. They're just not making the profits. And then you got to factor in the cost of, like, equipment with all that going up, gas fucking prices that have gone up, as we all know, the past couple years. So it's just all going, it's fucking piling up on top of itself. But, Jim, at least the cost of living is, oh, wait, it is increasing because, as we saw in the article, <laughs> they were showing what the average cost of a house was in, in the top, what was it, the top 10 states? Or- oh, yeah, there was that thing with, uh, the cost, yeah, real estate. The cost of real estate to have a house and it like everything's doubled basically uh-huh. from what it did to from what the cost was two years ago, paying like thirty percent of your gross income towards a house, whatever the fuck it yeah, was. Like in Philly, what was it? It was originally like sixty K or fifty K and then it's like saying like now you need to make like what one twenty or something. Sh- shy of a hundred basically. Yeah, yeah it used some to be around crazy like fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. Um but Jim, it's good because hasn't everyone nationally just got raises? To yeah, meet with inflation. <laughs> yeah, cost of living is gone. Like inflation's at eight point five percent right now, and like we all know that jobs are definitely doing eight point five percent with their cost of living ranges. Of, right? of course they are, right? Yeah, and that's, that's right. how it works. That's how it's supposed to work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, nothing, uh, nothing bad could happen, Jim. Nothing bad could possibly <laughs> ever happen. Bro. But yeah, the beer shortages. I feel like a year or two ago we saw a similar thing about beer. Like, well, that was a whole different thing, just because like. Everything was so in flux when COVID first started. Like, COVID, no one yeah. knew what the fuck was going on. And, like, you know, places weren't allowed to be open. So they had to come up with, like, clever ways to, like, still make money or to still sell their shit. Now they can sell their shit however they want, but everything just costs you goddamn much. It's crazy. Here's They've my had fear. A rough couple years. My only fear is, as you see in cars and certain things, like, once certain things hit a th- certain price threshold, they're very slow to bring it back down. So if like a normal four pack of like say this clash of clash of the pumpkins, a four four pack of these tall boys, say it cost me eight bucks. I don't know how much it actually cost me, but for argument's sake. Um and they now raised it to twelve. Even when the shortage is done, they might go mm, we'll put it at ten and split the difference. So it's cheaper than it was, but it's higher than it used to be. And that just becomes a new norm. Like, this is how prices hike permanently for a lot of things. Which still always brings me back to how the hell have video games still maintained 
the general same price since the 90s. Because they find, they find other ways to get around it now. That's oh, why and now they do. That's Yeah, that's what microtransactions, DLC, and all that bullshit. And, and even then, you're starting to see new releases. Like, a lot of them are hitting or just saying, yeah, it's going to be a $70 game. Like, they're not even trying to pretend it's going to be 50 or 60 anymore. They just say, yeah, this is 70 bucks." Which I'm... You know what? I'm honestly, I'm fine with. Like, if they don't throw in a bunch of bullshit and it comes out complete, then yeah, fine. I'm at the point where I'd rather say, you know what? If it's a game, I like... Think of, like, people who play... Uh, well, those are all free games. Like, Fortnite doesn't count, but... Right. You know, like, even a Call of Duty. If it was 100 bucks and you know you're an average player, but it's going to get you everything all included, or whatever it is, no matter what, like, DLC-proof, microtransaction-proof... I'd easily pay that because the the number of hours of entertainment you would get are so crazy if that is something you really play a lot. But there also has to be a shifting scale. Not all games are created equal. And I do like seeing that some games are willing to come out and be like, we're a $30 game. We're a $40 game. Like, you know, not everything has to be $59.99. And they tried to stay in that bubble. So I'd like to see that expand a little more. Yeah, for sure. Even though some games cost like two dollars, and then you have your limited run games companies out there selling them for forty bucks. Well, we know and Bry, speaking of limited run games and yep. possibly their knockoffs, hello fucking segue. Yes, Bry, there is a company out there. As I trample all over it, there is a company out there known as Dispatch Games. Now I have dabbled in a lot of these, you know, limited run knockoffs and shit like that. Yeah, and I am a sucker. Yeah, I am a sucker. We know this. And uh, I, I don't deny it anymore. But yeah, and like even I have felt the sting before of like these real, like these like third or fourth tier ones. They're like, they start to throw their hat in a game. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting game. I'll give that a shot. Where there was even one time where the company like went out of business and just started refunding people. Where like, so at least we got our money back and shit like that. But there, or like, or there was one with like Rolling Gunner, I think, the first time someone tried to publish it. And they were like, they took too many orders. So they were either like, you can either get a refund or you can try and hope that someone cancels an order or something so you can get yours. Some kind of weird shit like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. So, but this Dispatch Games is who I haven't heard of until these articles. And our uh, buddy, Mike Kuniochi, uh, he was just like, hey, you should talk about this. And then articles below, mainly from Nintendo Life, where they just keep following up on it. And going back to 2020. They had like uh, like three or four games, and they were going to be working on putting out there, and then they basically went radio silent, and everyone was like, "Hey, where the fucky fuck is my game?" <laughs> so they basically were not able to fulfill pre-orders for the games. There was a lack of communication. Customers' uh, direct channels were met with utter silence, and everyone was obviously getting pissed off. And every once in a while, they would like come back to Twitter. And we kind of saw this with the Polymega before, like, that actually, like, got its shit in gear. Or mm -hmm. as we're kind of seeing now at the Amico, where it'll go radio sound for ages, you know, have a tweet and be like, oh, it's a brand new day. You know, we're we're back in the track. And then it's nothing again for months. And then much again, like the Amico, they had a story back in August, uh, early August, where they didn't they didn't pay their administrative fees. And basically everyone was like, oh. This company ceases to exist. They didn't follow their copyright and shit like that. And so they eventually did follow up with a tweet saying, all right, that was a paperwork failure. We fucked up. And 
then apparently yeah. <laughs> they they definitely buried it. They're like, it's just an admin issue, guys. Come on. It's just administrative. I mean, you know, it's probably like a fifty dollar permit. Well, we forget. Who who doesn't forget to pay a bill sometimes? Come on. And yeah. So now their new strategy has been, and actually I think they've gone back to being a little bit radio silent. I'm gonna check their page real quick. But they started to show like pictures of pre order bonuses that have been okay, they haven't tweeted since September twelfth. So yeah. this is the twenty seventh. So since their last up big update where they showed like a box full of cartridges, which apparently it showed beforehand. So they have a box full of Switch games for one of their titles that's coming out. And they're like, hey, these exist. <laughs> and then Radio Silence once again, where they keep showing their stupid little pins or their hats for the pre-order bonuses. When everyone's like, I don't care about the pins or hats. I just want my fucking game. Please give me my game. And then silence. So, Jim, are you trying to tell me that if I want to go to Dispatch and get Japanese Rail Sim Journey to Kyoto or Penguin Wars, I can't get those? Right. Who wouldn't want to get Penguin Wars at this point? You know what pisses me off is I saw something like Penguin Wars and I'd be like, that's something Jim would say. It was actually a pretty good time. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, it, you know, had it, charm. I, I mean, it, guys, listen, please do yourselves a favor. I know it's exciting to find a company. It's like invest in. Invest is the wrong word, but like, ooh, it's a game that I really want to try. Give it some breathing room. Just like, don't ever be the first one to get the first version of an Android or an iPhone or any new thing. Give it a year or two. See that they prove themselves. And then dip your toe into it. Because you're going to get burned most of the time. These companies, with limited run. I mean, saying you get burned is not the right term. Because you technically do eventually get it. Yeah, you always get your product. You just have to, you know, at this point, wait a couple years. So it's, and they're they're not upfront about that. They just say, hey, it may take a while, but they don't give you an idea that a while could be a year and a half. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't even want the game at that point. So just be careful. Like, don't don't buy into that shit. I know, and, and like I said, I do like, hey, keep with the physical. You want your physical collections. Some things you don't need physically, like Penguin, Penguin Wars. I'm sorry. You don't need a physical copy of that game. But. Bry. Nope, you don't. Can you even call it living without a physical copy of Penguin Wars? That's all I'm asking. If it's out there, and I know it's out there, how can I live with myself if I don't have Penguin Wars, Brian? It's so... I don't even know what to say. I'm just... Yeah, another one of these companies. I'm. I'm a... What this opened my eyes to is how many of these freaking companies are out there doing these random-ass games that nobody asked for, yet are disappointing a lot more people and how many people that are complaining about them or, or chiming in never intended to order or will I ever order from them too. I'm sure there's a good bunch, but I think when it comes to like a fifth tier, you know, limited run knockoff like this, I think the only people who really care or have even heard of it or people who like, and they're going after all these fucking niche games. Like it's niche Japanese games. There's a couple like schmups in there. So like, any of these companies are smart to have some kind of shooter because to shooter fans, they go for their shooters no matter what. Jim so, knows. What's that? I said you know that. Shmup Sims. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly in that thing. I'm, You're I'm, not, I'm no, not guilty. Don't you dare say slightly. If you look at your level 50 club, I'd be amazed if Still there wasn't at least. bitching about Mushihimi-sama. No, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not at least 15 shoot 'em ups on your list. No, I think I only have like four. Like, I'm not good at the genre. Oh, I know that but you don't stop talking about it. 
because they're fun. Off I enjoy it. playing them. It's a good time. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. I don't have to sit through fucking 15,000 goddamn hours of fucking story. Well, listen. I mean, these little companies, they're, they're bound to disappoint you, honestly. Unless you, like Jim said, if you if if that's the thing you're super into and you're really diehard, I hope you get it. But we've seen it. It's just like um, all the backed gaming companies or startups or Kickstarters or whatever that have failed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You now know, history will tell you, there's a very, very, very minute chance that shit's going to succeed. Same with these. So just be careful. Yep. Watch yourself out there, folks. And uh, honestly, with these kind of companies, if it's not limited run or strictly limited at this point, I wouldn't take the risk. But, Jim, these are small companies. You get used to seeing small companies. It's larger risks, more chance of failure. But then you sometimes see a big company make really dumb decisions that can really upset a player base. Oh, Bri, if there is someone who is good at upsetting their player base these days, <laughs> that would be the one and only Activision Blizzard. Ah, So for those of you who don't know... You know what, fuck it, I'm dropping in an update because we had some more stuff today that came out. Yeah, but... I mean, it went out as as long ago as 13 days. We have PCGamer.com. But you've probably seen it at this point many places. The shit show that's coming that's going on with Overwatch 2 and all the changes. I'll just call them cumulative. The big ones I've noticed are that, one, you got heroes being locked behind their battle pass. And, two... Which people just love. Well, the... They love that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, like, so that's one issue. The other issue is that once Overwatch 2 goes live, you will no longer be able to play Overwatch 1 at all. So there's that issue, and there's the issue that if you are new, if you, if you have Overwatch 1, a lot of the concerns of these things we're talking about tend to go away. But if you're new and you buy Overwatch 2 for the first time and don't have Overwatch 1... The original heroes from Overwatch 1 are behind this, I don't want to call it a paywall, because I guess there is a workaround, but behind this battle pass. You have to unlock them, and it may take as many as 100 matches before you start unlocking some of them. Yeah, so, and their justification is, well, we just expect people to play enough to unlock everything. Like, that was their answer. This This is the classic... They're smart enough to say their 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 battle pass like battle pass has been a both a thing I I feel like a good and bad thing right where if you have a diehard gamer who's already into a game and playing enough yeah you're gonna earn everything no doubt like when we when we were diehard in Call of Duty like I could unlock a lot of shit because we were playing it every night but even us who played it a lot. It took a lot of effort, and sometimes I barely scrape by getting to the final thing, and that's a problem. If I was putting as much time as I did and I couldn't get there, there's no hope for a casual gamer. And this is their way of saying, we don't really care about you casual gamers. This is for hardcores. Or, you know what? You pay 10 bucks for the battle pass, and you unlock pretty much everything. Yep. And, yeah, so back in Overwatch 1... All the heroes were just available, mm-hmm. and like you, I, like I've I've said before, I've never played Overwatch. You played it for a little bit, 
So people are worried about, like, basically the metagame and, like, how it's all rock, paper, scissors with the different classes and shit like that and how your matchups are. So now, you know, what's going to be the metagame for one person is going to be completely broken when someone unlocks, you know, someone else after putting a billion D hours in there. We're just fucking paying to win, basically. Yeah, Overwatch is one of the weirder examples of the classes are... Now, you can still do generic, like, support, assault, tank. Like, yes, they are broken down into those, so in theory. But as even the article points out, like, there are some characters within it that, yeah, it might still be a general, like, assault, but there's something special about it that you need another character to counter. So Jim's point... If some of these heroes are being unlocked because you just paid for it or whatever, maybe you don't want to pay for it and you do want to grind. But if somebody on day one just wants to pay more money, then they're going to have an advantage. One way or another, they're going to have an advantage because you might not know how to play against that person yet because you haven't experienced it. Like, There's so much that gets put into that idea where it's it's a son of a bitch thing because on one hand they're like, it's still technically free, you just have to play a lot. And the expectation is, like, not everyone's going to do that. You know that. Yeah. So, basically, Blizzard says that they want players to have more freedom, quote-unquote, in the hero that they're choosing. Because uh, this guy, Keller, said, you know, basically, Cassidy versus Tracer. Cassidy should always win unless someone playing Tracer is insane. So, they don't want to have the thing where it's like, all right, you have to immediately swap because you're just outclassed. But then everyone's, you know, kind of worried, too, that it's like, oh, well, then you're homogenizing the game because... Every character, you're kind of building it to be able to play against every other character. Yeah. And it's like, where is that? You know, like the uniqueness of the characters is what set Overwatch apart in a lot of ways when it came out. Thousand percent. And that's what I was saying. Like, Call of Duty's, Battlefield's, Halo's, it, your character ultimately didn't even matter. Even when Call of Duty and, um, what was it, Black Ops 3, was it when you had the special abilities? Or was yeah, it? I, one of them yeah i forget but like there it didn't matter because it was a one-off so it's not like you needed someone to counter it like no game epitomized specialty classes except for like mobas that that's the only other genre where i think like a specialty class matters as much as it does maybe team fortress too yeah but then then again with that it's just limited to the same whatever 10 characters yeah but, like, this game, there's so many characters, and, yeah, like I said, if you try to just then make all the tanks kind of the same, and all the assaults the same, and all the support the same, then it's like, really, what's the point? Because that is what people buy into, is like, oh, shit, they got a whoever, I need this person to now counter it. I, I don't get this direction. It's not like Overwatch needed a revamp, because they clearly sold, like did well enough without it. And yeah, like, that's what I'm surprised about, because, like, Overwatch was huge. Like, that was a huge hit. Like, I don't know why they're reinventing the wheel so much, unless Activision Blizzard's just like, all right, let's just try and milk these fuckers as much as we possibly can. That's my only guess. It's... Or maybe it's just to try to make as much quick money as they can before, you know, the Microsoft deal goes through, so they can get, like, their, you know, oh, shekels yeah, out of it before... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that like, that's the easiest cash cow they have right now, so... If the deal does go through, then, you know, what I miss love out. is everyone's like, we're all going to sit here and act like Overwatch isn't still holding on by a thread because of its porn. <laughs> I <laughs> I do like when you see the occasional meme, it's like, man, you know, the hype for Overwatch is bad when you haven't seen Rule 34 of it yet. God, 
Because that happened right away with the first one. You know how much pisses me off? I now know that that's a thing. You're and welcome. You you introduced me to that. You're welcome, Bri. I didn't say thank you, Jim. Bri, could we say Tracer is uh, peak? Peak rule 34? It's a throwback to the Thought Cops episode. Go check it out. I'm actually curious. Who is probably the first rule 34 video game character? Oh, I'm going to go with Lara Croft. I was I was going to go Samus. But there really wasn't internet back then. Where Lara Croft was well, like, that was like the saying. real Rule 34, internet. though, you could have. I mean, there, I'm sure someone was doodling in a notebook. That's some what I mean. Or like it. something like, yeah. But yeah, internet. Oh, internet. I wouldn't even put Lara Croft that early. I would put it later than that. I, I'm saying like where it's ultra popular popularized and everyone <laughs> can see it. Like only the sickest of sickos would have when Lara Croft was around, would have really been diving into that shit. Dude, I remember a fucking uh, issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly that, like, when the first two Mater was huge, they were, like, they actually featured at the bottom of the page, like, this full-on link for a page called Nude Raider where someone just, like, basically fucking did 3D miles over naked and basically like that. I was like, <sighs> looking back, I'm like, holy shit, they put that in, like, a major publication. Jim... And, like, it wasn't just, like, NudeRaider.net. Like, it was this, like, ridiculous, like, X-Mission slash hyperlink, you know, fucking bajillion numbers. Like, you had to copy that exactly. You know, Jim, most people remember those gaming magazines as, like, this had this awesome cover or the ads. The fact that you just remember that and I say it takes a real sicko to know something like that, you might have just proven my point. Are you surprised? Is anyone surprised who's been around this show for more than, like, three episodes surprised at this point? <sighs> Jim, you're. I know you're, what I am. Jim, you are you are like Andrew Tate. I think you're so deep in character now. You can't. You don't know if you're real or not. Right, yeah. <laughs> man. Fuck Andrew Tate. I'm Ric Flair levels of kayfabe, motherfucker. Oh God. I, I mean, I don't know. For Overwatch Two, it's funny because when I did get into it a couple months ago, me buying that got me access to Overwatch Two, and I'll have all this early shit. And I'll play it just because, once again, Overwatch is one of those games where you get the Halloween season, so I'm into that. Um, but I'm never, ever, ever going to be playing it enough where I could unlock this shit the right way. What I'm fearful of is, we've already warned, the day of buying a game complete is dead. I don't think there's a single game anymore getting released. Even Streets of Rage 4 or... You know, Shredder's Revenge. Even though right now it's complete, I'm fearful that there probably will be a DLC in the future, and it's... For sure there will. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like we learned during the 360 era, where it's like, I'm just going to wait for the Game of the Year edition to come out. Like, for every Fallout, and for every Bethesda game, because you know there's going to be multiple DLCs, and just just wait. Um that's a sad state of affairs, but it's working because everyone's buying into it. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you are enjoying the game, do it, pay your money, play through it. If you don't enjoy it, don't play it. Say it with your wallet. Don't say it on Twitter. Yeah, basically. But as we know, that never happens. Never, ever. No ever one happens. ever pays with their wallet. Well, that's my point is if you're on Twitter bitching about it, don't let me see you boot up that game. You you can't have it both. You can't be bitching about it and then be like, 
I'm still going to spend it, but I'm going to bitch all the way through. It's like I'm going to be real fucking mad that I'm enjoying every second of this. Yeah, you can't you can't have it both ways, sons of bitches. So, get straight. But Jim, why don't we talk about people bitching for a second? Because I know we usually cover gamers mad. This week you got something a little different. Yep. So this is something that we actually talked about on the Thought Cops episode. So you can consider this maybe a bit of a follow-up. But, uh, so, as of last week, the YouTuber, Video Game Donkey, he is starting his own publishing company called Big Mode. And, uh, yeah, he put out a, it's a couple minute long video where he basically lays out his, you know, strategy, gives kind of what he considers to be his credentials into getting into it. And, yeah, I mean, he's even opening it up to have... He basically has like an open thing for game developers to kind of just send him what they have and for him to look through it and to be like, all right, I'll publish this or I'll publish that. So yeah, it's a combo of that. And also he like reaches out to even if you're not a developer, if you're a programmer or graphic designer, do your portfolio here and I can try and connect you to people. Yep. And I actually wish I had one of those, uh, you know, versions of YouTube links where I could see the like to dislike ratio. So, 2.6 million views, 288,000 likes, uh, fucking metric, but 17,000 comments, so that's always a good sign. Uh, but, yeah. Um, okay, here's well, like, my question. You're the YouTube guy. Or, yeah. I mean, I meant, you know, Twitter guy. All right, I saw this, and I go, it's a surprise move. He's a big YouTuber. He's got seven point whatever million views, and I know he's very popular. I like him. I like his videos. It seems like a big move for anyone. Like to be a publisher, I kind of always look at publishers as like I'm gonna fund all the the production of your stuff or whatever. Like he could have money like that. I don't know, but. I don't know what his role actually will be, and I know he's like tries to toad. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna get try to give the fairest thing contracts available." So I don't know what his services will actually include, but what was the general reaction that you saw? The general reaction I saw, and uh, I didn't post any Twitter links because there's fucking so many. Yeah, uh, a lot of people going donkeys about to learn the hard way that. Just because you play good games doesn't mean you know what to do with good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of bitching about the video itself, where you know he's like, you know, I help spread the word of good games, and then he says stuff like Undertale and Hades, which were extremely popular anyway. If you've never seen the Donkey video, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, I like when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's a little, it's a little man eh, right there. But <laughs> even then, um, then there's the Donkey's kind of a really hated guy in a lot of uh, sectors in general, especially among RPG people. Because, for one, he's kind of like me. He doesn't like RPGs, especially JRPGs for the most part. But (laughs) unlike me, he doesn't give a fuck. So he's, one, huge on YouTube, which I'm obviously not. And two, when he does a video begrudgingly about a JRPG, he always winds up spoiling some major fucking storyline thing, (laughs) and everyone just loses their fucking mind. Which at this point is definitely a bit for attention, and it works. Oh, for sure. So, like, there are so many people that just hate Donkey just to hate him anyway. So, I mean, if I had 90% of anime Twitter hating me, I'd think I was doing something right. But, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are pissed at him for being overly confident. 
There's a lot of people who are just pissed at him to be pissed at him. There's a lot of people who are like game developers and publishers who are just like, you know, what's this clown trying to do kind of thing like that. When really, I, I mean, I just think it's a lot of unfounded hate just because like there's only one person with anything to lose in this and it's Dunkey. So, like, why would you give a fuck if he, like, fucking... What if he does bottom out? Maybe he will. Maybe this doesn't do anything. It's just gonna be bad for him. What do you care? That's what I'm curious... Like, why would somebody be... If you were a developer, especially, hating on him, like, are you fearful that he'll be successful at... Like, what is... I I think the likely thing that's gonna happen here is a bottom out. I mean... I feel like we see this with people like I can make a movie or I could uh, Tommy Talrico. I can do a, I can create a game system and like there's good intentions and there's like this inflated sense of, I know about games cause I've played them and critiqued them for 11 years, which right. we know is not this like Jim, you've eaten lots of food in your life. Could you all of a sudden say, I'm going to become, I'm going to open a restaurant cause I've eaten food. No. Like, because right. you know you don't have qualifications for that. Even if you're like, I'm looking for the best chefs who make the best w- pierogies or what. Like, it, like you, you, there's I such a pierogies. there's such an in, inflated sense of like I can do this because I've critiqued it and critique being a critic of anything to me is useless. Like it's the lowest hanging fruit possible. You're not truly creating anything. People go to Donkey because ultimately he is funny to listen to. Um, yeah, he's you know. entertaining. He's charismatic. Like that's why he's popular, and he's yeah. really good at games too. So, but it's like, is he going to get that? My my question is like, we know we're seeing his highlights from him on a cold take on a game. Is he good at games? I like. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying, do we know he is? Like that's one of those deals where even being good at games doesn't mean you know what it takes to make a good game. So there is that weird, like, what are his actual qualifications? And if I was a developer, I'd be very, very cautious of, like, you know, if I was a young, younger developer and it's like, oh, dude, this guy with 7 million views, like, that's huge. If he backs us, we might have all this easy publicity and this. You might get lulled into a sense like this guy is good for me. I feel I like mean, don't, Brian, don't... he did have the world record in Bowser's Big Bean Burrito, so I think he knows what he's talking about. Oh, here. good that game. <laughs> Next is is uh, the Bowser J- Mario Maker level or I, Mario. Oh no! Oh, I out. know, but I'm saying that's like Penguin Wars. Cool. I don't care. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Like I have the highest. I have the highest score in. Uh, what was that game we played in college, Jim? The 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 monkey floater game. Um, oh, Monkey Lander. Monkey Lander. Like, that game was fucking great. I won. These fucking <laughs> companies. Someone's got to make a goddamn Flash game compilation. Like, I'm sure somebody has or would. Maybe Donkey Will. Who knows? Maybe that'll be my pitch. <laughs> fucking, but, I don't think anyone in E-Bombs World owns that shit. I'm just going to fucking steal it. Give me the money. But this is one of those deals where if I were Donkey, I would be like, I've been working behind the scenes. I have these games developed. Like, here's my qualifications. It, I almost looked at it like, knowing Donkey, like, is this all a joke? I don't think so. Like, I I honestly think he's going to give a go at it. Because, hey, I mean... More power I mean, to it, him. At this point, it could be, like, fucking out of boredom, too. Like, it could, it's part hubris, but, you know, it could be a thing where it's like, I want to do something different. Because, like, 
eventually when your videos when your wife is just playing videos and making videos on you know video games you go i want to feel like a little bit more yeah maybe it's that classic trap that happens to a lot of youtubers where they're like I want to be more than what I'm known for. And then they dabble in something else, and then it fails spectacularly, and then they go crawling back to what made them yeah. famous. So, I mean, we could be seeing that here again just on, like, a more, you know, legitimate level than just, like, making a movie that no one likes or a different character that no one likes. Shit like that. Like I said, I guess maybe what I'm underestimating is I when I think of publishing, I think the amount of initial capital or money you need to put in, and I'm not saying $7 million subscribers is insignificant by any stretch right i didn't i wouldn't look at that as like that's enough to like if PewDiePie pie came out and said he's doing publishing i'd go that yeah, makes sense dude makes a hundred million a year whatever some crazy number on youtube at seven dude, million dude dude has like a trillion views on his channel and he's been around long enough for when there is actual payouts so yeah that's what i mean like with donkey i'm not seven million is a huge accomplishment but i also go like I wouldn't think of that and be like, that's enough to be publishing. Now, I don't know any deals he does behind the deal, behind the scenes. I still don't even fully understand what his actual role will be. Is he just vetting the games and then spreading word? Is he just going to agree to like, oh, who are the shit out of it? And then also give you upfront cash to get it out? Like, I don't know. That's for that's for a business to explain to me, Bri. I don't know. but That's the other yeah. fear I have is all these guys. It's fine to have a great idea. I hope he's got a very good business manager right there alongside him, like telling him if it's a good idea or not, whatever his idea is. And I don't ever want to see anyone fail, but I, my money right, would be that, in, that shows how not on Twitter you are, because that's why most of the people are bitching on Twitter is because they want to see it fail. I don't want to see him fail. Revel. I mean, here's the deal. If you ask me to put down a hundred dollars, is it going to succeed or fail? I'd probably say this is going to fail. Yeah, but, I would go with that bet. But I don't want it to. Like, I don't innately want him to fail. I, I, I'd rather people succeed, but yeah, whatever. Like, be careful. I, I just say I'm more worried about the developers themselves that sign on to this ship thinking this is going to take me off. Whereas if they maybe hadn't gone with him and gone with a more established, something better could have happened, you know? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, too. I think it was when we had uh, Super Nintendo on or maybe even before then. Where there's like, you know, there are these small game companies that like had a publishing deal. Then the publisher kind of goes like bottom up or stops talking to them or keeps publishing it after their deal runs out and, you know, or doesn't pay them enough. Like, shit goes south. So, you know, it's a proposition. Scary. It can be scary out there. Also, I look at like, you know, Donkey made his fame. I look at like just by the. The way, ultimately, even when he's talking good about a game, he's kind of bashing it in a joking manner or not. Like, that's his shtick. Right. Is he the type that has a thick enough skin that when he puts his name to a game and everyone bashes that game because maybe they just hate him and it gets hate-bombed or something? How is he going to stand up to that criticism? Yeah, that will be interesting because it's one thing to be a YouTuber mm-hmm. and to be like kind of a controversial one sometimes on purpose. And you get your hate, but you get, you know, thick skin, used to it, you, you know, clamor for it. But maybe it could be a thing where, like, if you're developing something, now it's feeling like your baby, even more so. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's something different. And, like, yeah, I mean, that you could go in there saying, oh, I'll be just as thick skin as I was with this, but it's a completely different animal at that point. So, And, And, once again, maybe he is, but the developer... They're not signing on maybe realizing that, that like 
they might just get hate bombed and say their game is shit just because they hate Donkey. Like nothing to do with the game itself. They might be like, what the fuck? Like this is my life's work and you guys are shitting on it. Like that's what I f- I'm more fearful of. Oh, yeah, and there's going to be a ton of people out there who are just going to hate on anything he puts out just because he puts it out. So. Yeah, which is shitty. Like, I mean, we, you know, hate, hate, what is it called? Uh, is it called hate bombing? Like, yeah, every time a movie comes out or a show and they're like, oh. Review bombing. Review bombing. Like, I, that's what I'm fearful. If you're seeing a reaction like this to just this announcement, then people, regardless of quality of game, they'll stick to their guns and be like, we need to hate on it. Man. Oh yeah, so hey. it'll be it'll be very interesting to see where this goes because this this is the first time I can think of a gaming YouTuber getting into this. Yeah, because like I, I like I know like some like gaming YouTubers have like made their own games and or had games like with their name published on it. This is the first time I can think of a guy wanting to be like a straight up publisher though. Listen, I'm gonna put this out in the universe, Donkey. If you want your thing to be a success, you need to come on here and be a guest. Otherwise, it's going to go bottoms up. Obviously. And Donkey, please show us your pumpkins. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I hope for success for them. I, people that want to see people fail, whatever. I don't get that. But I'm not the Twitter guy. so <laughs> It's a blessing for you. So much rage on that platform. <laughs> so much rage. <laughs> but at least it gave us a good recurring bit. So yeah. So, Chambers, how uh, how did that harpoon pumpkin treat you? It went down super smooth. Like it's not. It doesn't lay heavy in the mouth. It doesn't lay heavy in the aftertaste. It gives you that nice pumpkin experience without being overbearing in any way whatsoever. It doesn't really set itself apart in any way, but it's a solid drink. And I had Sounds, another yeah. And I had another Oktoberfest that I went back to after the fact. So. Yeah, nice. no, I mean, I, you know, I'm enjoying the beers I had tonight. They're, they're perfectly fine. If you will not be disappointed in either one. So this one, this Clash of the Pumpkins, which was, by the way, it's 7.1%. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but there is a, a flavor or a taste or a mouthfeel that I've never had with a pumpkin beer, and that's why I said it almost reminded me like of a sour. I don't know if the can was bad. Like I'm trying to give it every out it can. Something just seems off. Whereas there is that pumpkin flavor, but it's also an astringent like bitterness that I'm not used to with pumpkin beers. Because usually you think pumpkin beers, you would think spicy or spicy or sweet, sweet yeah. or something. But like this one has a. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it, there's something off that it, I'm not crazy about it. That's all maybe I'll say. it's Maybe it's their gimmick. Maybe it's what they're going for. Could be. It's, it is Glastown, New Jersey, which I don't know where Glastown is. I know Glassboro, but I don't know Glastown. Yeah, Glastown. I am not familiar with Glastown, New Jersey. Yeah. But, yeah. Either way, start a pumpkin season. My first beer was a farce. It was still the best uh, awesome can. Maybe I'll make a, six, a uh, short on... Halloween beers that aren't pumpkin. Eh? There's an idea. Yeah. So with that, everyone, we want to say thank you so, so much for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure you hit the notification. Hit that subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, make sure to hit the subscribe. And if you give us a five-star rating, even if you want to bash us, we will read any comment on these Power Hour podcasts. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, guys.